Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life, promoting pathological positivity today at Live on Purpose Radio. As always, folks, I have an inspiring, phenomenal guest with me today. This is an eight-time New York Times best-selling author. Uh, I think it's eight times. Is that right, Don? Yeah, it is, and when you say it, it makes me sound old. Uh, well, you've you've done a lot in your youthful career. So his name is Don Yeager. Don is a specialist at identifying the characteristics of greatness, and that's because Don has spent his career as a sports writer. I think is part of part of the background, and I might be slaughtering some of this, Don, but you can clear up everything that I get wrong. Uh, that uh, you had spent several years with Sports Illustrated, you got to know some phenomenal, uh, famous athletes, um, coaches, leaders, people who have epitomized or characterized greatness. And uh, since then have taken on um, this writing career where you share the stories of some of these people in a way that uh, is now accessible to anyone who wants to purchase those books. So with that introduction, do you want to clear up anything I got wrong? No, you got it right. I'm, you know, I just have been blessed to, um, uh, to, be, a, uh, to be a journalist, to be a writer and a, and a person with access to uh, to people that whose conversations have uh, changed me, and mm-hmm. in the conversations I've been able to to weave many of those into projects or books or whatever it might have been that um, that hopefully have had impact on others. So yeah, it's a um, it's a pretty blessed career. When I spent some time with you recently, you came to our chapter of the National Speakers Association, and you shared some of your stories. And I was I was touched, Don, with um, the principles that you were able to identify in the lives of these great people. And we're talking about people like like Walter Payton, uh, like Michael Orr, like Michael Jordan, um, John Wooden. Uh, these are names that most people in the sports world would be familiar with. Um, You've had an opportunity to rub shoulders with these people, to get to know them, to see what it is that makes them great. In fact, one of your books is called 16, can, I don't know if I've got the whole title here, 16 Characteristics of Greatness. Did I get that right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, it's, and, and again, the book isn't, um, I think it's kind of an important distinction to make that I, I'm not sitting and saying here's, um, here's what made them great. Uh, what what that book is and what uh, it really kind of it, it sprouted from a conversation that occurred gosh uh, you know 30 years ago I was graduating from college uh, my father who was um, 
an amazing man and uh, and, uh, and enormously insightful. My dad, uh, as I was heading, leaving college and heading to my first job, had a conversation with me in which he just, you know, I don't think he was intending to impart wisdom, but it became mm-hmm. maybe one of the greatest conversations of, of my life. He, he actually said to me, you know, you, as a journalist, you're going to end up in the presence uh, of some of the most extraordinary people of our time, right? You're going to get to interview amazing people because that's right. what you're going to get to do. And he said, do yourself a favor. You know, while it's important that you ask the questions that are required of you um, to do your job, he said, always ask a question um, and it, it, it will allow you to learn something. Mm-hmm. What can you learn from each and every one of these amazing people that you'll be in contact with? Take advantage of the moment, right? And, um, uh, and so the question I ultimately settled in on is, you know, if you could pick one thing, one characteristic, one, one deep, what's something you did that allowed you to separate yourself from everybody else? Mm-hmm. What, would, what would that thing be? And uh, fascinating in the world of sports, uh, I, probably 2,500 people I've, a, I've asked that question to over the last three decades, mm-hmm. and um, and almost none of them have ever credited their physical gift. They don't say it's because I I have better fast twitch muscles than other people. It doesn't say they don't say it's because I can leap 41 inches in the air. It's you know they were almost always about disciplines, um, things that they worked on, things that they saw, or that the way the way they 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 uh, manage themselves. That's what allowed them to separate themselves from other people. And right. the lesson in all of that was that it wasn't about it wasn't about something that some physical gift. It was about how you managed, how you built, and and constructed your life. And um, and watching these people live these lessons out, um, I I took a retirement from Sports Illustrated six years ago, and. Um, when I did, I mean, I sat down with these notebooks with all the answers from their questions. Oh, and wow. And I sat down and I came together with, I came up with the list of the 16 answers that come up most frequently when the greatest champions of our lifetime are asked that question. And um, yeah. that's what that book is. That's what this discussion is. It's not about me saying, here's how you become great. It's how they tell us, here's what I did to separate myself from the people I was competing against. These are the characteristics, the the personality disciplines, if you will, that you you gleaned from these hundreds, thousands of interviews that you did. And I've got your book in front of me now, Don. I've got the title correct. Greatness, the 16 Characteristics of True Champions. Right. So (laughs) you've rubbed shoulders with some champions. I happen to know from, from seeing some photos and hearing you tell the story that you not only rub shoulders with champions, sometimes you school them in their own sport. <laughs> yeah, I have, uh, you know, as I was saying to you earlier, it's, it's, a, it's, just, it's just one I don't talk about too much, you know. Um, uh, anyway, no, I'm just joking. And what I'm referring to is a time when you had an opportunity to go one-on-one with Michael Jordan, arguably the greatest basketball player of all time, I know there are some current players who would probably argue with that, but some of them just lost in the NBA Finals. So, uh, do you want to give us a quick overview of that story? It's kind of a fun one. Sure. No, it, it's a it's an event that happened a few years ago. Jordan does an, uh, a um, he does a uh, um, old man's basketball camp basically to 
uh, to to try to put it in in perspective. It's it's a hundred old guys. Uh, old guys meaning like you and me. Yeah, thirty five years and older is the rule. And, <laughs> Got uh, it. And um, and you, he brings you together in Vegas. He brings in great coaches, and you play against each other, and you learn. It's it's just it's it's an amazing opportunity to a play basketball with some of the with all these great coaches and players around you, but b to um, to network with a bunch of other pretty incredible people. And um, I got invited a few years back, and during one of those days, Jordan actually picks out 20 people and and lets lets those 20 folks go one on one with Michael Jordan. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's a it's pretty intimidating as you might imagine to be on be in his space one on one with Michael Jordan I happen to be one of those guys and Jordan makes a big point of the fact that uh, that, that in the years that he'd been doing it before I got there only five guys have ever scored on him and he wasn't going to let uh, a sixth guy do it on that day right um, this is a this is a no gimme rule right he's not he's not doing this for fun he's competitive and he's trying anyway um, yeah, I scored on it, and um, and I and I make sure to rub it in as often as I can. So, <laughs> um, works that great, and it's definitely um, it is definitely a uh, it's a it's a fun way to start a lot of a lot of speeches, and I have I have yeah. a good time with it. So, thank and you for allow, thank thank you for allowing me to retell it one more time. Well, it's just fun, and I'm I love basketball too, Don. I still get together and play with a, a group of guys. I've been doing that for twenty years, and uh, it, it's kind of the dream to be able to to interact with, or maybe even have a, an experience like you had with some of these true champions. And you mentioned one of the characteristics of greatness: it's personal. They hate to lose more than they love to win. I think that's one that you got from Jordan. Yeah, it's um, it's the number one answer that comes up when you ask these great champions that question. That mm-hmm. winning is, I mean, they are they have so um, uh, conditioned themselves, and by that I don't mean just physically, but mentally and otherwise. They've so conditioned themselves that that winning is what they expect. They mm-hmm. they they don't enter. They do what they do to win, right? and they expect it to happen. Um, losing at anything. Uh, leaves a mark, and the truly great ones uh, know how to use losses. So Michael Jordan, you know, in the in the um, aftermath of my dismantlement, dismantling of him. Um, okay, it was a little bit. I'm I'm, I'm overstating it <laughs> just a little, but it yeah. occurred um, after that. You know, he, one of the things he said was, that, you know, a loss uh, is not a failure until you make an excuse. That if you want to learn how to hate losing more than you love winning. Um, if you want to learn that trait, that characteristic, you you take excuses off the table. Right. As long as you can make an excuse when something doesn't go your way, um, you'll never own it. Right? Somebody else will. There's somebody else you can point to. Somebody else you can blame. Mm-hmm. And in that in that uh, in that decision to handle it in the in the place where you take off take excuses off the table, you own you own it, and you will learn how to hate losing more than you love winning. And that's as I said, the number one answer that comes up. You've had um, you're a sports enthusiast, obviously, and at the recording of this particular episode, uh, the San Antonio Spurs just finished dismantling the the world champion Miami Heat. Uh, it did it in kind of epic style, four games to one. Yeah. 
when I mentioned that to you before the show, you had a little bit of a reaction to that. Yeah, I don't think anybody, even the even the San Antonio Spurs, really kind of thought that was going to happen. But um, yeah, you know, uh, it's the it's the beauty of teams, right? It's how it's how teams come together. It's what, and and when I look at that, so I've, I've actually I mentioned to you that um, that I'm crafting a blog right now, actually about that. But one little detail that came out of that series that really fascinated me, you know, um, San Antonio is a team built uh, largely with foreign players, right? Mm. Which is really fascinating to me. I mean, it is a their roster, you know, is sprinkled with players from Argentina and France and Brazil and you know, I mean, uh, and even Australia. They get two guys from Australia on this team, um, and yeah. um, and so. One of those players is a is a man a young man named Patty Mills who yes. is a backup point guard and you know really this was his breakout year he he wasn't even last year he wasn't that wasn't that good but but the team really he he's a team favorite the fans love him mm-hmm. and um, uh, and so on June third of this year um, the team was in the in the playoffs and. You know, and, and and during the playoffs, everything's pretty intense. Everything's uh, all everything is ratcheted up, and and they're in a video session in which they're breaking down film from the, from the team's effort the, the day before. And um, uh, Patty Mills is actually uh, is his family. His mother is Aboriginal, and so she's from that tribe. And and as it um, uh-huh. uh, as it happened, June third is a is an enormous day. It's like it's like Independence Day, you know, and 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 uh, Memorial Day wrapped together, you know, whatever it is in our country, but in that in the that, equivalent in Australia, it's it's big in that. Uh-huh. You know, here's Greg Popovich, the, the leader of the of the Spurs, the coach of the team, and and it's June 3rd, and they're in the middle of really intense um, preparation and video, and and Greg Popovich knows his players so well and knows how important that day is to Patty Mills. That um, that he actually stops video, stops stops the film prep, mm. uh, and 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 wants to tell the rest of the team about why why today's important to this backup player, right? Mm-hmm. And and then he asks the player to stand up and share with the rest of the team what it means, right? And so, in the middle of this really important time period, what you would call you know your crunch period of any business world. Uh, the head coach is saying, "Hey, let's take a break to recognize something that's important to one of us." And and he did it because he knew what was important to Patty Mills. He knows enough about Patty's background, culture, uh, to know that it, that that day was important. And in doing that, I mean, he inspired the very best of Patty Mills. And um, and you know that that kid will, <laughs> you know. He'll play long and hard, and 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 for many years, uh, remembering that that his coach took a break to support him in what he thought was an important day. And I just think that wow. kind of, that's the kind of leadership, that's the kind of understanding of who you have on your team. Um, that those are great lessons. It's important to go to business. Powerful example of of a leadership characteristic there as well. Yep. We'll be right back, folks. Hi, my name is Chris Crone, and thank you for listening to Live on Purpose Radio. 
I became financially independent, starting from nothing, by the age of 26. My purpose is to financially liberate the captive. Are you searching for a realistic, proven system in real estate to create enough residual income to retire or fund your dreams? I invite you to learn about a passive, turnkey, proven system and approach to real estate where my team of 200 experts can do all the heavy lifting to create the freedom you're searching for. Visit www.liveonpurpose.strongbrook.com to get a free copy of my book, The Straight Path to Real Estate Wealth. Just enter the code FREE at www.liveonpurpose.strongbrook.com. Thank you for listening to Live on Purpose Radio. We're so glad to have you here. Please come by the website, drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, drpauljenkins.com. On the website, you'll have an opportunity to receive a free download. And while you're there, make sure you click on the social media icons. Come over to Facebook, where we will be posting these episodes as well as our YouTube videos and other content and announcements for you to share. Please like us, comment, subscribe, join the conversation. We're happy to have you with us here at Live On Purpose Radio. Let's all support each other to live on purpose. DrPaulJenkins.com In a time of drastic change, it is the learners who inherit the future. The learned usually find themselves equipped to live in a world that no longer exists. Eric Hoffer So, Don, just before the break, as we're talking about leadership and and the example of Greg Popovich, wow, uh, probably um, one of the most accomplished head coaches in the NBA. I think this makes what five championships for him, something like that. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I mean, um, you know what, and, and to do it um, while you know certainly uh, he's had. You could argue the same core, and that the same basically big three players have been there. Mm-hmm. You know, the supporting cast has rotated out, and it's five five scattered out over fourteen years, which is equally incredible. You know, it's not like this were these were five done in a really tight time frame. Um, right. I think that's really that's it's testament to uh, great culture. Yes, and and consistency with certain principles. You told some stories also about interactions with with another head coach. Uh, I think you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, Coach Wooden. Coach John Wooden, the legendary UCLA head coach. Um, you learned some things from him about, about leadership, about associations. Um, what do you feel to share about that? Well, um, so the story I shared with you and that and and that night when we were together but the discussion point was really about the importance of uh, your associations Uh, Mm -hmm. used to say all the time that the second most important characteristic of every great winner he believed that the that hating to lose was really really important you had to if it 
had to uh, you had to you would never outperform your inner circle. That if you wanted to achieve at a really high level, uh, you need to be always improving your circle, the circle around you. And so for Coach Wooden, um, you know, he shared he shared a story with me that I shared with you guys that night, but about mm-hmm. a really great player who who you know could have could have chosen to go a lot of places, but he chose to come to UCLA, be the backup to Bill Walton. Um, uh. and doing so, you know, he he didn't get the playing time that he might have gotten in other in other environments, but by coming there, he um, he surrounded himself with the very best he could. Mm-hmm. And so in making that decision, he made Bill Walton better, he made himself better, he made UCLA better. And his name was Swin Nader, and, and so good was he in making that come together that, that even though he hardly ever played as a, as a player at UCLA, uh, he was still a first-round draft pick in the NBA because people saw this guy's talent, and they knew that he had sacrificed of himself uh, to surround himself by the best he could, with the best he could. Mm-hmm. And uh, Coach Wooden's lesson, but but you'll never outperform your inner circle. It's just been one that, for me, has resonated at a really high level. I I think about it all the time. I think about who's in my circle. Uh, how do I grow my circle? How do I improve? Uh, you know, either either how do I help develop the people who are in the circle today, or mm-hmm. how do I how do I find new people that will help me develop? And um, you know, what do you what do you you know? Coach, Coach wrapped it up, this conversation at one stage, and he said, Don, you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And I thought, wow, that's pretty powerful. Oh, wow. That's pretty powerful because he's right. You can tell me exactly what I'm going to be, what I'm going to accomplish by who I put in my circle. Who you're spending your time with, who you emulate. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, a real, real game changer. So uh, I was, um, you know, I was blessed to have Coach Wooden as part of my life for a number of years and, and to have uh, to, to make him a consistent source of, of, uh, of learning and growth and um, and, uh, and to you know, be able to call him a mentor was a pretty big deal for me. Yeah. Yeah. What a powerful concept that is. I, I remember a friend of mine, one of my mentors, saying, you will be like the five people you hang out with the most. Uh, similar idea, you know, when we talk about that inner circle, who is it that we connect with and associate with on a regular basis? Right. And really, we have something to say about that. It's not just luck of the draw. Would you agree? Oh, completely. I mean, you know, again, there, and it's interesting because I, I remember I had this conversation with Coach. I said, you know, gosh, I mean, so let's say some of the people you spend your time with that really maybe aren't uplifting or aren't the best, you know, uh, Maybe don't uh, constantly reinforce what you want to be. Maybe what if they're family? I mean, you can't like you can't just get rid of family, right? Yeah. And Coach said, you know, that's not. No one's asking you to get rid of them. What what I'm suggesting to you is that you you think about the amount of time you give them, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe you just maybe you, maybe you choose to give some of that time to to people who do fit um, within your within that top five within your best. The, the best of the best in your inner circle, and um, so anyway, I thought that was a really, a really big, uh, really big lesson mm. one that uh, that I that I you know, took from him and have used for many, many years since then. 
And you know, Don, I think it's probably, I was just thinking about what you said about how much time you give them. And it's not just time, but it's an emotional connection to not only the person, but the ideas and the things that they represent. I think I think we have this energy that we commit to certain things. You know, if we can call it intention or purpose or belief, um, but we we choose where we're going to place that precious life energy that we have. What direction we're going to to send that? And that's our most important choice, right? I mean, it's uh, it's uh, it's as, as important as the uh, you know making the choice to make to take your next breath, right? So let's make let's make mm. sure that it's done and done well. Right. You found as, as we've hit your top two so far. Uh, it's personal. They hate to lose more than they love to win. Rubbing elbows, all about the value of associations, and leading into this third one, believe. Uh, there, there's something about all of these champions uh, where they have strong beliefs, a faith in in a higher power at times, or at least in a higher purpose. Correct. I, I, I would tell you that's um, it's fascinating. I do this one, and again, I do most of my speaking is under corporate audiences, corporate events. And so mm-hmm. Always one of those places where you can people, a lot of people tiptoe around the discussion, right? Right, have to be politically correct. And and for me, you know, I'm uh, I, I I'm real clear here. I mean, I don't I don't make the suggestion that you have to believe any one particular faith. And I'm not even gonna, you know, uh, I'm not gonna suggest to you that my faith is the answer. I will tell you though that right. while talking to these extraordinary winners, um, when you get into the discussion of faith, whether they wear it on their sleeve or not. Um, the truly greatest among them have an understanding of their place in, in the universe, right? And that they don't, mm-hmm. um, uh, that there is something out there greater than them, something out there more, more, more significant than, than, uh, than anything they'll ever achieve. And, um, and faith is a place in which they, they often go to understand that. And so, uh, again, you know, it's a, it's a, that really kind of awkward space you get into sometimes, but you make the point. We're not here to suggest this is, you know, you gotta, you gotta believe this or believe that. Mm-hmm. Greatness, but you do have to have. Um, and there's a humility that comes with faith, right? That um, uh, because you're recognizing that you, that, that the world doesn't begin and end with you, and um, uh, and I think that that role plays itself out quite often with these high achievers. Yeah, we see that all the time too. If if you're watching interviews of someone who just won some big event or something, it's so common for them to acknowledge their higher power, their God, um, their faith, as a source of their achievement, their accomplishment. It's uh, it's been interesting actually over the years um, as a journalist to have watched the difference in the way the media handles that. It used to be that, that you would make everybody in the room freeze, like, oh, my gosh, what do we do with this? Right. right. You know, can we broadcast that live? What's going to happen? And ultimately, you know, I think people have come to realize, hey, look, you know, um, uh, well, well, maybe in the world of journalism, it's not the, it's not the, uh, uh, the, the most significant driver, right, uh, the, the idea of faith. 
You know what? We can't ignore number four. Uh, I'm all about positivity, Don. And you've listed as number four. This, the fourth characteristic is contagious enthusiasm. They're positive thinkers, enthusiastic, and that enthusiasm rubs off on other people around them. Yeah. I mean, I've, I, again, you talk to so many of them, I'll tell you, you know, your attitude is infectious. Um, you know, is yours worth catching? Right. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, if there's an opportunity to, uh, uh, that, that especially, especially if you are, um, a high achiever, if you're great, right? If you're, if you're, if you're someone that, that, that others are paying attention to because of your, because of what you're, what, what you're able to, the way you're able to drive yourself. Um, if you're doing things that are special and other people are noticing, you know, make sure that you're, that you're, um, encouraging and uplifting and, and helping and, and again that plays right back into number number two, you know, about the about your inner circle. Make sure that your circle is as well. And so all of that's the best part about these. When you really get into the discussion about these characteristics, um, there's this amazing interconnection. You know, there's this place yeah. where they all do run together and it's a um, and it's a it, greatness isn't a place you ever really arrive. <laughs> you, know, you don't ever right. get to greatness, right? It's the, but it's the pursuit of it. Daily effort to try to achieve it's something really special that um, that makes you mm-hmm. uh, that allows you to be uh, extraordinary. Really, a way of life. Yep. Uh, not an achievement, but a way of being. Yep. And uh, Don has captured this in his book, Greatness: The Sixteen Characteristics of True Champions, where we get a little look, a little peek into the insights that Don has gained through years of interviewing these great champions. Don, as we wrap up today, I want to make sure people have a way to to get in touch with you. You've got a, a website, donyeager.com, and that's spelled Y-A-E-G-E-R. Probably often misspelled, I'm guessing. Yeah, but the key to that is that I bought the website spelled the other way. So that that there way you go. They'll still find me. <laughs> It'll right. still direct to donyeager.com. And uh, tell us just a, a quick overview of what they can get there. Uh, you know, it's a, it, everything is there from from uh, articles and, and and blogs and and inspirational daily quotes we offer every day mm-hmm. um, to uh, to books and uh, and and opportunities to connect. And, and even if if any of your listeners might be looking for a speaker, we we love to do that. And it's everybody of the year, which is pretty exciting. And um, I love to. Love to get the opportunity to find uh, new and different places to share, share stories and and um, be able to connect what what really happens in the world of sports with what we can do in our personal lives and how that translates to everyday life for every person who is seeking greatness and yep. who wouldn't be? I'd like to add my endorsement to that, Don. I've heard you speak; it's inspiring. They are engaging stories that are fun. Your organization will love Don Yeager. So, Don, thank you so much for joining us here today at Live On Purpose Radio. Paul, thank you. Everybody go out there, be great, and live on purpose.